Welcome to another edition of the Theology Etc. podcast. As usual, my name is Forrest Antimaceris. I know I say that every episode. Still have not gotten my name changed. Probably won't. Uh, Either way, glad you're tuning in. Glad you're listening. I just want to get this stuff out of the way real quick. If you haven't followed us on Twitter yet, go ahead and do that at TheologyETC. Like us on Facebook. Go to our website, TheologyETC.org, and uh, click on the community tab and uh, subscribe or support. Whatever you want to do. Either way, glad you're listening, glad you're tuning in. Last episode, we talked about being thankful for God's Word. We talked about kind of some of the details about how we got the English Bible. And all of this is kind of laying the groundwork for, if you're a subscriber, I sent out some email updates uh, last week talking about uh, this new thing we're dropping now. And that is a reading plan uh, that we've designed here at Theology ETC, Theology Etc. And it is going to be, hopefully... Uh, not only uh, will it help you grow closer to God, it'll help you get into the scriptures, but maybe it'll um, you know, make some connections there that maybe you haven't made before. Uh, but I think that getting into God's word anytime we can is extremely, extremely valuable and necessary as Christians. If we want to grow, if we want to mature, if we want to uh, kind of just you know, get into uh, that place where, you know, our mind, our way of thinking, our old sinful ideas, etc., is slowly kind of replaced and filtered uh, with the mind of God, uh, which is awesome, you know, communicated to us through the scriptures. Uh, But this reading plan, you know, if you've done it before, probably you've done a reading plan before. I don't know. I don't want to assume anything. But maybe you've done one before and you found them fruitful. I hope you find this one valuable as well. And uh, we're going to actually have it on the website. So if you go to theologyetc.org, and uh, if you go to the menu bar, there's going to be a resources uh, tab. Click on that, and it's going to be a downloadable PDF uh, for you to kind of see kind of the backstory behind the plan. And then, of course, uh, you know, the plan itself, like day by day. It's a 45-day plan, you know, a month and a half. Um, But I hope you'll check that out. And really, this episode, we're just going to explain this plan. So I really hope uh, you guys look it up and and maybe uh, check it out and follow. I'm going to be doing it. And then from time to time in that 45-day span, we're going to get on and just talk about some of the readings uh, from the plan itself on the the podcast. Uh, So yeah, make sure to check that out after you listen to this. But first, let's talk about this plan, why we're doing this plan the way it is. So the Gospels Companion Reading Plan. Uh, and really, you know, the Gospels are great to read. It's one of my favorite things, personally. Like, when I go to Scripture reading, and I say, okay, what am I going to read? First thing that comes to my mind, personally, it's either the Psalms, or it's like, okay, I'm going to read one of the Gospels. And the great thing about reading the Gospels is, uh, you really, like, it's like, at least I feel like I'm almost like following Jesus around. Like, it's really like up close and personal with the life and daily practice and the teachings and the, and just the death and the birth, and everything, the resurrection, I mean, everything's in there that has to do with Jesus, I mean, the very foundation of the Christian faith, Uh, so the Gospels are good to read, but I think sometimes when we read through the Gospels, we think that somehow, like, they were kind of, like, composed in a vacuum, and we sometimes read the Gospels detached from the rest of the New Testament corpus, and we forget that there's all these epistles and whatnot uh, that not only were composed, a lot of them around the same time, and maybe by same authors, but having to do with the same stuff and maybe even, you know, to the same audience. Uh, So that's part of the uh, inception, kind of the reasoning behind the Gospels Companion Plan, uh, which we're going to be posting on theologyetc.org. So the way the plan works is uh, you're going to read epistles uh, from the New Testament 
pretty much side by side with the Gospels. So I'll just give you an example. The first couple days, the first matchup is you've got the Gospel of Matthew, because it appears first uh, in English Bibles. So you've got the Gospel of Matthew paired up with the book of Hebrews. Uh, so what you're going to do is day one, you read chapters one through four of Matthew. Day two, you read chapters one and two of Hebrews. Day three, you read chapters, um, you know, five through eight of Matthew. Uh, day four, you read chapters three and four of Hebrews. So you kind of go back and forth looking at the gospel, looking at the epistle, looking at the gospel, looking at the epistle. And you go through that through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So really the whole rest of the show, I don't plan on it being super long, we're just going to introduce what book is with which and why. So the first, as you already heard, you got Matthew and Hebrews paired up. Why is that? Well, uh, you know, obviously Hebrews, we're not really sure who wrote that. I'm not saying Matthew wrote that. That's not what I'm saying. Don't quote me as saying that. I don't want to get, you know, beat up um, on Facebook or in real life. I don't believe that. Honestly, I don't know who wrote Hebrews. I don't think anybody does except for God and the person who wrote it, maybe the people who received it. Uh, but that's for another episode of the cop of the podcast. The reason why is because, well, in the first place, they've got a, a similar audience. Okay, so Matthew, uh, the Gospel of Matthew, which you know most people agree that Mark was written first, and then the other synoptics, and then John. Uh, so the Gospel of Matthew usually is dated around the '60s, but Matthew is usually called, you know, the the Gospel to the Jews. How much of that is speculative? Oftentimes, when we have this discussion, I think. Some of it is, but Matthew's language and kind of the way he writes and who he's addressing, it's definitely a f- kind of for the Jewish mindset. And the genealogy at the beginning and how that goes through, what it goes through and how, definitely is kind of coming from a Jewish perspective. You know, you've got um, the pretty specific genealogy of Jesus Christ, and it's kind of, it's it's set in, in uh, uh, the way it's memorized, the way he said it is in sets of 14, almost like that's the way he memorized it. You know, he memorized Abraham to David, then he memorized David until the exile, and then he remembered the exile until Christ. Each of those are 14 generations, Matthew 1, 17. So it's kind of coming from a Jewish place to Jews, more than likely. Jewish Christians uh, were probably the first recipients of this gospel and read it, and, uh, you know, their faith increased because of it, etc. And then you've got Hebrews written around, nobody really knows sure, uh, nobody's really sure, probably like right before AD 70, that's the date that with my limited knowledge, I'm comfortable with, but if you're familiar with the book of Hebrews, it's written to, like Matthew, a Jewish audience. But now, of course, it seems like they're kind of in a crisis of faith. Some of them are thinking about leaving the faith, and Hebrews is saying, wait a second, let's think about this, look at this. Look how awesome Jesus is as a high priest, as a savior. Uh, look how his priesthood is better. Look how we've got a, a better mountain, a better temple, a better everything, right? Christianity. Wow, legit, following Jesus, do it. That's kind of the book of Hebrews. So that's why Matthew and Hebrews are put together in this reading plan. Uh, so you get to read the book of Matthew, you get to read the book of Hebrews at the same time, uh, and it's kind of like uh, really just cementing the message, and I think it's cool, and you're going to see other things the way they go together. One thing between Matthew and Hebrews uh, that is like a similarity to me is pay attention to how Matthew and the book of Hebrews both quote the Old Testament. They do it in a very similar way. Like the Hebrews author, when you're reading it, uh, in English, depends on your translation, but I think like the ESV, for example, there's a point in Hebrews where it's like somebody says somewhere and then he quotes the Old Testament. And Matthew sometimes does something very similar with his composition. Of course, you know, I believe they're inspired by the Holy Spirit, uh, but Matthew will be writing and it'll be like, this prophet said this. And, they, you know, he quotes it uh, having to do with the life of Jesus, you know, 
A lot of Old Testament quotes in Matthew, a lot of Old Testament quotes in Hebrews. So those two, I think, are good. That's a, Hebrews is a good companion to read with Matthew. So on this reading plan, we're going to read both of them together, and that'll be uh, good. Also, so next you got Mark, right? You got Matthew, you got Mark. Mark, we're going to read in conjunction with First and Second Peter. So, you know, the first day of reading Mark, you read Mark 1 through 4, then you read, you know, First uh, Peter 1 through 2, uh, so on and so forth until you finish Mark and uh, both epistles by Peter together. And that part of why that is, uh, is because, well, not only is Mark mentioned in the first uh, epistle of Peter, but they were most likely, well, they, not most likely, we, by every indication, they were pretty close companions, traveled together, uh, they knew each other, uh, and Mark is, his gospel, or the gospel that bears his name, his account of the gospel story, is said to have been either the account of Peter, like dictated to him, or maybe it was a sermon by Peter, I'm not sure about that personally, uh, but either way, it seems that some of Mark's input comes from Peter. Uh, which, you know, very well could be the case. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes that makes people feel uncomfortable. Uh, but, you know, especially as we see in the preface, uh, the preface or the preface, depending on how you want to pronounce it, of Luke. I mean, that's a common thing. Gospel writers seem to use sources. At least Luke did. So Mark and Peter, they've got a close relationship. And then, of course, Mark is writing probably, uh, if tradition uh, suits us and, and what people have tried to put together in uh, critical understandings of the text. Mark is probably composing his gospel in Rome, perhaps. Um, some people disagree with that. Either way, it's not just for the Jewish mindset, maybe like Matthew was. And Matthew, don't get me wrong, is not just for the Jewish mindset, but that's kind of seems to be where it's oriented or where it's uh, turned. You know, that's the, the primary audience. Matthew, it's a little bit more, I mean, with Mark, it's a little bit more open. You know, some people have said it's for the Gentiles, it's for the Romans, you know, Mark's audience uh, isn't necessarily focused to Jews. And then Peter's writings in First and Second Peter, it's written, it's written to individuals who are kind of, you know, scattered abroad all over the place. Uh, so there's some similarities there as well. So Mark and Peter, uh, Mark and First and Second Peter in this reading plan, those two go together. And then uh, you got Luke, of course. And Luke, uh, personally, my personal my favorite account of the gospel, when I want to read through the gospels, Luke is the one I like. You know, some people like Mark, it's quick, it's, uh, you know, immediately, immediately, immediately. When you're reading that, circle that word every time it comes up, because uh, that's Mark's favorite word. It's just like, boom, the action. It's the action gospel. Um, and Peter, first and second Peter, they're short and to the point, it's, it's kind of similar. Uh, and then Matthew, you know, you've got this kind of long, not necessarily drawn out, but he's really focusing on what Jesus said. And there's all these Old Testament quotes. It's similar in some ways to Hebrews. And then you come to Luke and it's in some ways the most comprehensive. It seems like Luke says in the preface of his gospel in chapter one, uh, verses one through four, it seems like, you know, he's saying, obviously it's written to Theophilus and he's saying, look, a lot of people have been trying to give an account. And he says pretty much, this is what I can gather is the most chronological presentation of the story of Jesus, the account of Jesus. So Luke, in a lot of ways, is the most chronological gospel, uh, if, if I'm reading that correctly in the, the preface of Luke. And it's also, in some ways, maybe the most comprehensive, because uh, Luke's purpose in writing to show Theophilus what's up, uh, and using sources, it seems, like he mentions in his preface, uh, you know, his, his intention is a little bit more of like, okay, let me compile as much as I can, get it as chronologically as possible. Here it is. And that is notably written to a Gentile mindset. Luke, obviously, is a Gentile himself. Uh, he's a physician. It's very meticulous. 
Uh, it's very specific. It's very detailed. Um, Luke is masterful, of course. He's inspired by the Holy Spirit as well. But you read through the Gospel of Luke. It's, I mean, it's really impressive, just the comprehensiveness uh, that is the Gospel according to Luke. And he mentions, uh, kind of has more of a focus on the outcast, more of a focus on women, uh, kind of uh, showing more of that compassionate relational side of Jesus sometimes, which is really awesome. Part of the reason why it's my personal favorite. Uh, so what are we going to pair with that? In the reading plan, you pair Luke, It's or Luke is paired with Romans, which is like, man, you know, uh, reading those two at the same time, I mean, you're going to be, it's like, uh, I don't know, doing some biblical heavy lifting, man. It's good stuff. Uh, so Romans is paired with Luke. Why? Romans obviously addressed from Paul, who was a traveling, who, you know, Luke was a traveling companion of Paul. Uh, Paul, the way Paul speaks of Luke in the epistles is very, uh, you know, complimentary. They're friends. They're good friends. Uh, and then, of course, Luke traveled through Paul in some of his journeys and the missionary journeys when he uh, was writing the book of Acts. And you get some of that recorded in the book of Acts. So Luke and Paul are friends. They know each other. Luke's account of the gospel. We're going to pair that with Romans. Why? Well, Romans definitely is, I think at least, an occasional letter, like many of the New Testament epistles. That is, Paul wrote it to the Romans for a reason. And I believe, along with others, um, that it was probably had something to do with perhaps um, the Jews coming back from Claudius expelling them out of Rome. They come back to Rome and, you know, there's Gentile leaders in the church and all this different stuff. And they're like, wait a second, we're Jews, you're Gentiles, you know, mind your place. Um, and kind of that whole conflict, maybe it's simply um, Rome. I mean, you know, Paul was trying to travel through Rome on his way to Spain. So he sent the letter ahead of him and was like, hey, you know, Let's get to know each other. Because up to this time, you know, Paul had not been to Rome. He didn't plant the ch the church there. But obviously there were a lot of Christians because it's like, you know, the biggest city. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's got to be one of the biggest. <laughs> it's the capital of the Roman Empire, hence the name. Anyway, uh, so we're pairing those two. And in a lot of ways, Romans is kind of like, it's been described, and I think, I think this is accurate. It's kind of like the most theologically uh, comprehensible letter of Paul. So in the same way uh, that, uh, or uh, not comprehensible, but uh, comprehensive. So in the same way that Luke is kind of the most comprehensive gospel, Paul Paul's letter to the Romans in a lot of ways is kind of like the most comprehensive epistle, right? Because he's never been there. He's not necessarily dealing with issues as in in Rome as uh, explicitly as he is with other epistles. Like when you, you know, when you read First and Second Corinthians, it's like you're reading somebody else's mail almost. Uh, because like there were very specific issues that they had addressed to Paul, and Paul was writing in part as a reply to those. But Romans, he really, I mean, he goes just from Romans 1 all the way through to the end. Of course, you get the personal stuff at the end, but I mean, it's very just, I mean, it's so theologically stout that some people who I trust and who I would consider scholars say that maybe it was just like a treatise of sorts of Paul's theology. Now, personally, I don't think that that's the case, but the point is, People think that because of how theologically comprehensive it is. Uh, so we're going to compare. We're going to pair Luke and Paul. They're companions. Uh, you know, Luke's gospel is, in my opinion, to the gospels what Romans is to the epistles. So we're going to pair those together. Going to be good stuff. I can't wait for that section. I mean, it's all good stuff. Don't get me wrong. But that section, especially of the reading plan, that's a uh, that's a heavy hitter there for sure. So you got one left, John. Of course, we're going to pair the Gospel of John. Uh, with one, two, three, John, as I like to call it. Why are we doing that? Well, 
obviously written by the same guy. But also, beyond that, they share a lot of the same themes. Like, read read the Gospel of John and First John together. And you're like, man, there's a lot of themes that just go um, both places. I mean, the theme of fellowship, the theme of love, the theme of light and darkness. I mean, there's a lot of themes that repeat themselves throughout John's literature. And also, I mean, there's this theory out there, maybe you've heard it if you've uh, you know done any kind of research in kind of the critical side of the New Testament, um, there's some people who submit that, you know, because when John wrote the gospel according to John, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the way he views the pre-incarnate Christ, which is 100% gospel, uh, in John 1, you know, 1 and following, some people have said that that kind of inspired the Gnostic movement of there's no way that Jesus was like in the flesh. Um, so then maybe he wrote First John by inspiration of the Holy Spirit to combat some of that. So some people say that First John is kind of like a natural sequel to John, correcting some of the false notions that certain individuals got from the gospel that bears his name. Whether or not that's the case, the jury's still out for me, but the point is that they share a lot of the same themes, and I think it'll be helpful for us to read those together. So that's really the, th- the, the plan in a nutshell. It's to read the gospels, but not read them on an island. You know, read them with parts of the New Testament corpus that goes together with them. Uh, so again, this plan, if you're subscribed to the to email list, you're going to get the PDF in your email uh, as soon as this episode drops. If not, if you're not subscribed, go ahead and do that. But you don't have to to get the plan. Um, go to theologyetc.org, go onto the resources tab, and then click the PDF, print it out, just save it, whatever you want to do, download it. I don't care. I mean, uh, just read. let's read the Bible together. That's really what this is all about. I'm going to have a couple episodes coming up where we kind of discuss some of the reading, some of the theological things uh, from the reading that we're going through if you're following the plan. I'm also going to be posting about it on Facebook, sharing verse images from some of the readings and kind of discussing it on there as well. So I hope that this is something we can do together. I hope this is something you go and check out. It's the first of many resources I plan on creating uh, and kind of having as part of the theology, etc. experience, if you want to call it that. I don't really like using that lingo, but I hope you get the point. All right, so I know I'm kind of rushing. I know that this is a short episode compared to a lot of the other ones, but I just wanted to give the foundation for this reading plan to tell you about it, really to introduce it. Uh, this is why what's paired with what. Uh, and I hope that you'll pick it up, read from it, we can read this together, and that we'll get some good insights from it and grow closer to God. Because, I mean, really... That's what Bible reading is about, you know. It's not the act in and of itself. It's a means to an end. That end is to get to know God better and to glorify Him and to be more like Him. So I hope and pray that we can do that with the Gospels Companion Reading Plan. Uh, be looking for it. Check it out, theologyetc.org. Subscribe to the email list. I'll be sending it straight into your inbox if that's the case. So I thank you. Uh, pray that you find this plan to glorify God, you find it to help you maybe mature or maybe see some things uh, in the Bible that maybe you had before. Some uh, Either way, I hope that it is encouraging. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for following, subscribing, and listening. Be on the lookout for that plan. Remember again, theologyetc.org. Go to the resources page and we'll begin the Gospels Companion reading plan. Thank you for your time. God bless. Mm-hmm.